Welcome once again, friends. Anyone that I haven't driven off from the past few weeks of the educational film series. Um, yeah, that was kind of a drag. Or maybe you loved them. I don't know. No one ever, like, contacts me and lets me know what they think. So I don't know what your opinion on those were. Um, yeah, I was supposed to take a hiatus, and I did manage a few weeks off. But as a wrestling gossip journalist, Dave Meltzer would say, plans change. Um, my other project got pushed back a bit, and I came across a, some films that I figured uh, seemed like something I'd really like to do for this series. So I figured, and they're not that long, so I figured I'll take a shot at these films and do them while I wait to get my other project started. So I will eventually go on hiatus. I will. I swear I will. This first one is called, if, well, I say first one, but this is the only one for this week. Uh, if footmen tire you, what will horses do? Hell of a title. Uh, I came across this one in a thread where someone had said that they enjoy pretty much any kind of movie. And someone threw it as sort of a challenge, like even this one. So that alone, just the challenge of can someone who likes any movie like this film made it seem like, okay, this is something I have to do. And apparently it's a Christian propaganda film. So second point up for it of why I need to do this one. And interestingly... There is a band called If Footmen Tire You, What Will Horses Do? Uh, which I found on YouTube while I was looking up this film. Which, I mean, as you can probably guess from the fucking name, is an emo core band. Um, God, I hate, I hate bands when they have, like, these long, like, sentences as their band name. Like, and you will know us by the trail of the dead, and I wrestled the bear once, and just... No, those are terrible names. I don't know if this band is Christian, because like all emo core bands, you can't understand a fucking thing they say. Um, but musically, I've heard worse. So, but enough babbling on, and let's get to the film. We start off with some soldiers on horses. Um, I don't know if the soldiers themselves are footmen, but I'm guessing these horses are the horses that are gonna do what footmen will do after they tire you or I don't know I'm guessing these are the footmen and the horses um they look like Nazi soldiers but they're supposed to be communist soldiers they've got the hammer and sickle on their armbands instead of a swastika so they are communist because this apparently is going to be a warning of what's going to happen to us with the communist overthrow. And this preacher guy's talking, and he tells us that, you know, these events are based on what really has happened in, like, China and Russia and Cuba. And it's a warning for what's going to happen in America. And he's preaching to his choir and telling them, you know, is it normal that now we've got these killing of policemen and riots on campuses and kids listening to rock and roll music? Well, he doesn't say about the rock and roll music, but I know he's thinking about it because he's a fuddy-duddy preacher guy. So he's probably upset that kids today 
are listening to the rock and or roll music. But he gives us the grave warning that lots of people are going to die. And we see the dramatic reenactment of all these people laying on the ground with grape jelly all over them. Um, I think it's supposed to be blood, but it looks more like jelly. Or jam. I can't quite differentiate between jelly and jam. But it's made me think there is this band, the Bloody Hollies. And ironically enough, they actually have an album called If Footmen Tire You. uh, Which I also found out when when, uh, searching this film. And I saw one of the Bloody Hollies' earliest performances uh, back when they were based here in Buffalo. And they had like fake blood on them because you know they're bloody but throughout the night and with all the sweat it just ended up looking like grape juice spilled all over them and that's kind of what the vibe i'm getting from here so it's a full circle it goes around of the bad blood and footmen tire you compared with the bad bad blood used by bloody hollies who have an album called if footmen tire you and now the type of scene that I just fucking love. Um, it's a fantasy sequence of these footmen soldiers trying to round up the good God-fearing Christians or something. And they're chasing them on horseback while the innocent civilians are like running through a creek. But none of them look fucking scared. Especially the kids. They just look like they're having fun. Like, yay, we're running through a fucking creek. And I gotta say, it does look like it's fun. Like, a little, like, splash pad action type thing. You know, it was probably very hot the day that they filmed this, so the kids are all like, yeah, this is a way to cool off. They are having fun. And I gotta say, it does seem fun, and if that's what communism brings about, sign me up. It looks like fun being chased by these footmen. These kids are having a hell of a time. The preacher tells us that if communism takes over, we're going to lose the cushy life of 40-hour work weeks with two to three weeks of paid vacation. And, man, that is really scary. I mean, yeah, we've pretty much lost that under capitalism anyhow, but still scary. And what we haven't lost is the lives of these good Christian children. And we get a view of all these children laying on the street, covered in grape jam. Oh, sorry, blood. And unfortunately, these kids refused to give up their faith and belief in Jesus Christ. So the communists had to kill them before they could infect the other children with this way of thinking. And unfortunately, you know, there's parents that did try to stop. They all got rounded up and they got shot. Uh, We don't actually see the gunfire. We hear the gunfire and these parents, they're just gathered up and they just all drop to the ground. No blood, no gunshots, no gun wounds, nothing. They just kind of fall down, I guess, from the sound. Which reminds me of this film. And I could probably Google it to find out, but I'm not going to. But you can. Uh, It stars Stephen Baldwin and the guy that plays Negan from Walking Dead. And it's a terrible (laughs) Christian propaganda film. But they have the same, like, effect of, like, when people get shot, you just kind of hear the gunfire, and they drop. No attempt at, like, blood or, like, the squid shots. 
And I don't know, is it just that, you know, they just feel some sort of, like, aversion to doing, like, the blood shots? Or is it just strictly, like, a budgetary thing? Which seems weird, because there's all these, like, super low-budget horror movies that just squirt blood all over the place. And how they got fake blood in this film. So how hard would it be to, like, just simulate a gunshot? And plus, this other film had fucking Stephen Baldwin. He couldn't pony up a little bit more to get some special effects for gunshots. And then this guy is dropping his slutty girlfriend off at church. Okay, I mean, it's kind of mean for me to say call her a slut for no reason. Very misogynist. But I'm just getting into the, you know, headspace of the filmmakers here. And you know they're thinking she's a slut. And, you know, but she's trying to keep up appearances, I guess, for her family or whatever. But the boyfriend, he's not going to go in because, and quote, and this is seriously like now like one of my favorite film quotes. I'm a lover, not a Christian. That is just... I don't know. I love it. I I love this quote. This is going to be like my new like quote. This is going to be like on my tombstone when I die. He was a lover, not a Christian. Just brilliant. And so she sneaks in. Um everyone notices, so I don't know how much of sneaking in it is, but the preacher, he doesn't, you know, stop. He's, like, going on, and he's talking about how uh, at end times, God's gonna drop a ladder or something, which I guess for us to go up before the end of the world. But the preacher, he's worried, because God might not put that ladder in America. He's gonna put it in another country. Now, I'm kind of confused, because when he says in another country... Does God only have one ladder that he's going to put down and it's going to be based on what's his favorite country at the time? So I think that's kind of fucked up. And shouldn't he put the ladder? Is it just like a certain percentage of the population has to be good Christians and everyone gets on this ladder? Because I imagine if there was, if it's just the good Christians can go on the ladder. He'd put them wherever the good Christians are, right? And the preacher starts talking about, you know, how teenagers these days, they're not keeping themselves virtuous for the altar. And of course, it zeroes in on the slutty girl. And she's fantasizing about getting some deep dicking. Deep dicking. She's fantasizing about getting fucked. They don't show too graphic, but... She and the guy, they're looking hot and heavy. They're fucking. She's dreaming about fucking. All day she dreams about sex. Preacher keeps going on about how strange kids today are. And, you know, how at one church he was preaching at, there was this girl who stood up and she started getting catcalled. And why? She was wearing a miniskirt. 12 inches I totally screwed that up. 12 inches above the knee. Oh, yeah. 
I'll give her 12 inches above the knee. Maybe not 12 inches. You know, 12 inches if I bang her four times. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, you didn't think I was going to go there, did you? I didn't either. But anyways, she's... You know, I don't think that's really her fault, though. Because what kind of fucking congregation do you have that's catcalling someone in church? Like, teach your fucking male members of your congregation. Have a little respect inside the walls of the house of God. Like, seriously. You fucking... Did you say anything to the guys? Like, this is a house of worship, of respect. And even though she's dressed like a slut, you keep it outside. No, it's all about the girl had a skirt that was too short. 12 inches above the knee. Aw. Yeah. The preacher talks about how things were better in his pappy's day. Because his dad, when, you know, growing up, they didn't have all the fancy things in school these days. All the games they played were stuff like run around the tree. Seriously, I that's what they were doing. But they're happy. So no wonder they were the kids these days are happy when they're being chased by the communist soldiers. That's the games they play, is just running around stuff. So they think, oh, the footmen just want to play with me. And, you know, they made kids read back in the day. And that helped teach them. But teachers these days, they're more interested in teaching about sex than teaching the three R's. Which, I'm going to say sex education is probably more important than the three R's. Because there's only one R. Stop with the fucking three R's. Call it war, writing, arithmetic, reading. Or call it raw, reading, arithmetic, writing. There's cool combinations. No, the three R's. Raw, <laughs> reading, okay, yeah, an R. Writing, um, well, you know, I guess, you know, it's the fucking silent W, so, yeah, we'll go with it. Arithmetic. No, if you pronounce arithmetic correctly, it does not start with an R. Wait, reading, writing, and arithmetic. So fuck you and fuck your three R's. So yeah, teach us sex education. And my God, I want the sex education that they that they uh, demonstrate here. Um, I think of all the education that I missed. But then my homework was never quite like this. Hey, Eddie Van Halen's dead. So, Diamond Dave, I'll send you 50 cents royalties for butchering your song. But, so, this guy with, like, complete sleazy porn stash, who is exactly the type of guy you want teaching you sex education, tells us that premarital sex is important. I agree. Because you gotta see if you've got that chemistry before you bog yourself down in marriage with that. You know. I was gonna say something completely inappropriate, but I'm not going to. 
because I've forgotten what it was. But then he's going to teach us about the seven erogenous zones of women. Oh, yeah. Except that's where they fucking cut it off. Because, you know, this is a good Christian film. I want to learn. Why did they not teach me that in school? I didn't know there were seven erogenous zones of women. I am going to Google this. Because I need this education. The school system has failed me. Then the next danger we've got to worry about, especially for the kids, is television. Ooh! TV is so scary. You gotta watch out, because those fucking Saturday morning cartoons, apparently they are gonna lead your kids astray into violence and drugs and sex. And I think he said some other things, but... He doesn't give us an example of what these Saturday morning cartoons are. Because I want to watch them. I mean... Okay, obviously he's got to be talking about Scooby-Doo, right? Because Scooby Snacks were drugs. They were obviously all fucking in that van. You know, just a coincidence that they always send Shaggy and Scooby off to investigate on their own. Fred, he was going to pound town on Daphne and Velma. Come on, we all know it. We all admit it. That's what was going on. So he must be talking about Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo is bad for your children. And the other problem with television is, you know, you end up having to make a choice. Are you going to read the Bible or are you going to watch TV? I'd like to think there's more choices in life than read the Bible or watch TV. But apparently, no. These are your... When you're at home, these are your two, two choices. You can either read the Bible or watch the TV. And apparently people are just going to watch TV because they can't, you know, get up and walk around to another room or tell your kid, turn the fucking TV off. I'm trying to read the Bible here or watch a Bible program on TV. I just TV is dangerous. Whoa, 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 slow down, preacher dude. You're throwing a lot of shit at me that I gotta try to keep up with. Um, so the next danger is the drive-in theater. Because, you know, it's all about sex. And okay, I agree with him on this one. Because that was the whole point of the drive-in theaters, was the teens were getting away to a place where they can fuck. So it didn't matter what was actually being played on the movie screen, because they went there to fuck. So... Yes, it's a danger. And then the next one, dancing. Which, I don't know, is this the preacher from Footloose? Um, could be, i never seen that film. But I know that, you know, dancing was outlawed. Because probably the preacher in Footloose town saw this preacher talk about the dangers of dancing. And, you know, you might try to tell him, like, there's nothing wrong with dancing. But apparently, not only is dancing bad... Dancing has always been bad. Yes, I guess at no point in history was dancing a good thing. Because according to Preacher, dancing is the front door to adultery. And that is a lot to fucking unpack. Um, Because, again, another this film has some great quotes. What started on the dance floor is expected to... You know what? 
get excuse me a second because I gotta rewind this because I want to get this line correct. Okay, so the thing that started on the dance floor is expected to be finished in a parked car. Just oh, fantastic! But to get back to the adultery thing, what if is it okay for married people to dance? Because if they then decide, well, we're dancing, so let's go fuck. They're married. Marital sex. That's A-okay. I don't know much about the Bible, but I do know marital sex is okay. Or maybe, maybe since the dancing is not going to lead to procreation. You know, sex is only okay for procreation, I think. Um, There's a lot of rules. But... Yeah, what kind of dancing are we talking about? Are we talking about Lombada, the forbidden dance? Like, yeah, that's leading to some fucking ballroom dancing. Yeah, that's going to lead to some fucking... Okay, you kind of got a point there, preacher. Dancing is going to lead to fucking in the back of a car. But at least it's a parked car. The car was in drive, and they were fucking. That's going to be kind of just... Not good. The next trouble facing society is liquor and drug addiction, but mostly liquor. Liquor traffic. Um, at first I thought he just said traffic, and I was thinking, okay, yeah, you know, traffic is kind of a problem. Uh, it just drives us all crazy being stuck in traffic, and it'll make us fucking shoot someone like Michael Douglas and falling down. I've never seen that film, so I don't know if that's actually what happens, but I think that's what happened in all the trailers and commercials. Uh, Meanwhile, while he's talking, slutty girl, who's completely bored and checking out her watch, starts daydreaming about her atheist boyfriend. And damn, he is cool, because they are at a restaurant or something, at some sort of table, and he's smoking. He's lighting his cigarette with a candle. That is fucking cool. And I was thinking, well, you know what? Maybe lighters hadn't been invented yet. And then it got me wondering, but if they hadn't been invented, who lit the candle? And I probably could look this sort of shit up, but now it's gotten me, like, whole wondering. So before uh, lighters and before matches, how did they light shit? I mean, yeah, you could use candles to light stuff, but how do you light the candle in the first place? Just oils and stuff, and I don't know. I am, like, just... No, I gotta focus on the movie. Who gives a fuck how things got lit up? And Preacher is just going on and on, and how people would just rather go joyriding than go to church which we get some funky music going on while we get this uh, simulation of people joyriding instead of going to church. And he warns that, you know, one day these people will want to go to church and church will be closed. And we're having to fight TV and magazines that are telling us that, you know, multiple marriages are A-OK and preachers are just doing it. They're... I mean, not doing it as in banging. Maybe they are. But 
his point is that preachers are just willing to marry people who've already been married before. Like, oh, that's a no-no. Marriage should be until death. So I guess he's going on about divorce. Not coming out and saying it, but, you know, all these magazines and stuff are telling us, hey, let's do two-year trial marriages, see if it works. And, you know, I gotta agree with him, like, no, there shouldn't be two-year trial marriages. That's why you fucking have the two-year trial premarital fucking, okay? That's the whole point of premarital sex. It's, you know, you live together, because that's the fucking trial. And you see if it works out. And if it works out, then okay, you go and get that piece of paper, and you get married. And if it doesn't work out, you avoided a fucking marriage. No divorce. Just kind of obvious. That's why society has just gone that way and be like, you know what? Go ahead, get the fucking done. And if the fucking is good, if his dick is good, then you marry that dick. Like, forget this whole, oh, who's going to buy the cow when you get the milk for free? You know what? I'm going to buy the cow because I want to be able to do it on my own terms to get the milk when I want. And I realize I'm now moving this metaphor into territory where it doesn't actually really work as an analogy anymore. Um, But yeah, I kind of want my own cow now. Preacher tells us that within just 60 years time, Communists have taken over, like, half the population. Um, just some damn good, fine, like... That, that's some pretty impressive, like... They got a billion, because I guess at the time of this movie, it was two billion people in the world. But a billion converts in 60 years, that is efficiency. So maybe the communists are onto something here. But... And apparently the communist plan, according to the preachers, because they got China in one week. But the United States, they're planning on conquering in 15 minutes. Again, that is fucking efficiency. Maybe the communists have it right if they can take over an entire country in 15 minutes. And we get a fictional newscast of how it's going down where they just kill all the governors and politicians and I mean I think we probably would cheer if like a lot of the politicians died. No, I I take that back. 9/11 proves that we wouldn't cheer. Maybe a little bit in our hearts, but not so much. <laughs> um no. I kid, I kid. We would not cheer if all our politicians were killed. But I feel like there'd be more defenses in place. Like, seriously, don't we have, like, uh, I don't know, what's that word? Military? <laughs> like, is, are they gonna, like, completely overpower our military within 15 minutes? Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, to go back to 9-11, the terrorists took out part of the Pentagon. And that did not, you know, it eventually slowly eroded our country from the inside. But 
that was kind of more on the politicians and all the politicizing of how they were going to respond. But I am trying to wrap my mind around this 15 minutes that it's going to take for the communists to destroy America. Again, fucking efficiency. I I want to know this plan. Is this even possible? Uh, I think this preacher... Fuck this guy. He does not support our troops. He does not think our troops can stop communism. Or, at the very least, come on. It's got to take longer than 15 minutes for our military to fall. And then we get another fantasy sequence of people lying on the ground with grape jam on them. Because the communists, they're just fucking killing people that believe in God. Preacher tells us that, you know, the communists, they don't care about people over 30. Fuck them. Because, you know, they're already set in their ways. So, the communists, they're, like, advertising execs. Like, fuck them. We're not going to change their mind. So, let's uh, focus completely on the young kids. And the communists are going to steal your children. And so, of course, we get a fancy sequence on that. And... I can't quite place the music that they've been doing every time they do, like, these communist soldiers on their horses. I want to say that it's from Planet of the Apes. Um, But that might be just because I keep thinking of that scene where the apes are on horses gathering around all the humans. But the music kind of goes... So, might be. But it reminds me a lot of... You know, that scene in Planet of the Apes where the apes are on horses. So the communist soldiers are on horses. And they also have a pickup truck. In which they just gather up the children and toss them in the back of this truck. Because they're kidnapping the children. And then they take dad away and shoot mom. I would think you'd want to shoot dad and rape mom. I mean, I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying if your mind is an evil communist, wouldn't you kill the stronger half of the couple and have your way sexually with the weaker half? Maybe these are gay communists that rolled up to this person's house. Um, nothing that there's Not that there's anything wrong with being a gay communist. I am just trying to from the logic of this film. But no, they shoot the wife and she slumps to the floor smiling as she's falling because Lord knows no one taught her how to act in school and she never went to act in school and has no idea what people look like when they die. Um, she kind of looked like she's having an orgasm. And to be fair... I've not seen someone get shot and die, so, and I've never experienced it, so maybe getting shot is like having an orgasm. I don't know. I guess I shouldn't jump to conclusions and think that she's a terrible actress. And so once the communists have our kids, they're going to brainwash them into not loving Jesus. And Preacher tells us that they use very cunning and subtle ways and the uh, fantasy sequence we see is the communists 
leader or whoever, who I still, I still say these are Nazis. They still seem like Nazis to me. And maybe that's just kind of stereotyping on my part that all bad, evil white men are Nazis. When truth is, maybe only half of evil white men are Nazis. But, so his uh, great subtle way is to just come out and tell the kids that Jesus is bad. So, I don't know, maybe for this time frame, that's about as subtle as you could get. Like, but I want to point out that this one girl in the back, she's got to be fucking older. She's not a kid. It looks like Gilda Radner doing... Uh, that one character on Saturday Night Live where Buck Henry is the creepy old uncle taking photos of the girls. That's that's what she looks like. She looks like that girl. She looks like Gilda Radner pretending to be a young girl. And seriously, she really does look like Gilda Radner. I'm not just using that as an example of someone older playing a young character. But anyways, I want to get to the plan glorious plan that this communist leader uses on the kids you know he asks if they believe in jesus which they all do then he asks do they like candy which they all do then he asks well if you pray to jesus he'll make candy appear oh no no candy appeared jesus just didn't come through which is a fucking good point. <laughs> like, you pray for stuff, and you're probably not going to get it. So, just, it's a good point that you're making. Like, so, you're basically saying, this film is saying, like, you know, you can't expect Jesus to just come through and give you candy. So, what are you praying for? If, you're not getting it, so prayers kind of... Your prayers aren't going to be answered. And, you know, this film just is proving that point. You know, it's reinstating, like, wait a minute, yeah, if I pray for candy, Jesus won't make it appear. What is Jesus doing? But however, as the communist leader tells us, who will bring us candy? Fidel Castro! Um... So I'm guessing this is probably like Bay of Pigs era going on. That's why they're praying to Fidel and not like Mao. God damn it. Like now I feel like I'm an idiot for Mao Zedong, however it's pronounced. That guy, yeah. Or Stalin or Marx or Lenin or whoever. No, Fidel Castro is the god of communism here, and he is bringing your children candy, and not figuratively, nope, they, well, I mean, the Fidel Castro part, figuratively, because he's not there, but the communists bring out just this huge bag of candy, so, I personally am sold. Jesus didn't bring me candy, but Fidel did, so, one point for Fidel. One point. So Fidel won, Jesus zero. At least on the candy realm. 
And then the poor children are forced to work 12 hours every day after school. And so we've got the fantasy sequence of children being forced to work in the fields. And the communists are watching over, but they overhear something. Someone is reading Bible verses. Oh no! The horror! We must stop this! So they shoot the guy that's reading the Bible verses. And they must have sprung for having one, like, quib, squid, quib, whatever they're called. You know, the, the, that simulate the bullet shots. So we actually see, like, you know, he gets shot in, a little burst of blood. And then, but here's the horror. Because then they take and tie up the children that were listening and shove bamboo into their ears. And they get really fucking graphic on this. Okay, it's like, holy shit. Like, you just see, like, they shove the bamboo. And I'm not sure if they, if it went all the way through, like, one piece of bamboo. Because then the kid has bamboo sticking out of both ears. Um, I'm imagining it had to have been two shoved in. But the way they shot it kind of looks like it's just one giant bamboo got shoved all the way through, which would probably kill the kid. <laughs> like if you were able to the, just shove it into one ear and out the other. Uh, but he's not dead. He's puking. Maybe he's dying. Maybe it's his death puke. Um, But it seems like counterproductive, like because they say they're doing it so that they can't listen to the word of God. But... If you're just killing them, you know, then you can't get your, like, free labor. So, but, it's the danger. If you read Bible verses to your kid, your kid will get bamboo shoved in his ears. Fucking communists. But what happens to the children is nothing compared to what happens to the women. See, communists treat the women really badly. Sometimes they'll strip a woman naked, tie half of her to one Jeep, tie the other half to another Jeep, and then do that scene in the Hitcher where they just drive in separate directions and rip the woman in half. Um, but even worse, they might rape the women. And look, terrible. They're both terrible, and I wouldn't wish them on anyone but i don't know i gotta say that i think the uh getting torn apart by jeeps is the worst punishment here but i don't know because then you're dead whereas with being raped then you gotta live with the scars of it so maybe that is worse i don't know they're both terrible i just don't like that i don't know this just seem to kind of downplay being disemboweled by jeeps. I'm just saying. But we get uh, the dramatic reenactment as the drunken communist with a very bad Russian accent just storms into house because he's drunk and he just knocks down the husband who's trying to protect his wife and he has his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't you just love when I just kind of start tripping over everything and just go into that? <laughs> but, yeah, you know where it's going. Communist rapes the wife. We don't get to see it. 
Because, no, we're not going to see that graphic part. We see the kid get the bamboo shoved into his ears, but we're not going to see the rape. I mean, not that I was asking to see the rape. God, I just sound really horrible. It's not my fault. This film is making the communists sympathetic to me. I like the communists. I'm, they gave me candy. So I'm siding with the communists. Until Jesus gives me candy, I'm siding with the communists. And the preacher warns, you know, because some people think, oh, communism and Christians, they can coexist, live side by side. But no, communists are going to kill the Christians. And we get a shot of a bunch of kids laying on the church floor with grape jam all over them. And some grape jam on a Bible, because they've been killed. They've had their throats slit, because they have grape jam on their throats. And they are definitely dead, and they're definitely not alive, pretending to be dead, working hard to stifle their laughter. Oh, no, that's that's just an illusion. Yes, because thing is, this is what I'm learning here. When people die, they get an involuntary laughing reaction. And, you know, it looks like they're just trying to stifle laughter. No, that's just the life leaving them. Nope. It's absolutely not bad actors being unable to play dead. And the communists will come into your home and they'll give you a questionnaire of everything from everything you've said from the age of five until now and all the money you've made and given to the church. But there is a loophole that Tommy finds. Tommy, the son in this family. If he says he's not a capitalist and not a Christian, eh, you don't have to fill out the questionnaire. And of course, Tommy's like, wow, yeah, I'm not a capitalist and I'm not a Christian. As any of us would really be in this situation, be like, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm not filling out a questionnaire for my beliefs. It's not about dying for your beliefs. Like, okay, I'll die for my beliefs. Filling out this fucking questionnaire for my beliefs. Uh Uh-uh. Selling out right now. But mom and sister, they don't want to go through with it because, you know, they're not going to deny the Lord. Even though Tommy whispers to them, Jesus will forgive me for lying. And Tommy is not wrong on that. As long as you ask for forgiveness on your deathbed, you're saved. That is really how it's written out. Like, that's the golden loophole with religion, with Christianity, is that you can sin all you want, and as long as you give yourself out to Jesus at the end, you are saved. He will forgive all your past transgressions. And honestly, I think Jesus would even understand this situation and be like, well, yeah, they're going to kill you. Um, so, yeah, I'll let it slide. But no, mom and sis, they don't want to go with it. And um, the communist then gives Tommy a gun and says, well, prove it. Your mom is a Christian. You say you're not. So kill your mom. Which seems kind of... I mean, obviously the communists just see through Tommy's fucking lie here. 
But, you know, mom, take one for the team. Lie and say you're not a Christian either. So that Tommy doesn't have to shoot you and neither one of you have to die. You know, just lie and let Jesus deal with it later. Now we reach the torture porn section of the film as they show us all the various ways that communists torture Christians. Um, for example, making them go with days without drinking water and then shoving salt in their mouth. Or making them stand seven feet from a wall. Uh, I forget if they said seven feet or seven inches. Um, either way, it's supposed to like screw with your vision just staring at a wall from that distance. And it's all about breaking their willpower. And I gotta say, put me in front of a wall. I break down in like five minutes. Like, okay, I'm done. I'll believe whatever fucking bullshit you want me to believe. Just get me away from this wall. But the cruelest torture, this one man whose only crime is being a Christian, as they tell us over and over, all these people, their only crime is being a Christian. I'm pretty sure some of them might have other crimes going on. But he's hogtied, and his family, who are all kids, so it's just all his kids. He's got like five of them. So that's his crime, in my opinion. His, you've got too many kids. They have to lift them with a rope and then drop them onto pitchforks. Oh, those cruel, cruel communists. The preacher then wants to give a message to those people who think, Oh, I have nothing to worry about, because Jesus will save me before the communists can kill us all. And the preacher rightfully points out, Jesus didn't come and save all the Christians in Russia, didn't save all the Christians in China, didn't save all the Christians in Cuba, so there's no guarantee that he'll come and save all the Christians in America. Which, you know, goes back to the whole wishing for Jesus to give you candy point. Jesus isn't going to save you, so what's really the point? I mean, Jesus loves you, but, you know, if you die by the communist, you die by the communist. And the preacher's worried that, you know, God's going to forsake us and instead save Indonesia or something. And again, why is this like a, is God only going to save one country? Is that how it works? Like when end times come, just, okay, whichever country has the highest percentage of people believe in me, those that believe in me the most, you're the chosen one. I mean, shouldn't God be like applying equally? Like even if he has to like pick and choose, God has that power, right? To pick and choose. Like, it's not like the rest of us, like, ah, do I really want to dig through all these people and find out which ones are Christian? Ah, fuck it, kill them all. He should have the power to be able to save everyone who's a Christian. I mean, in fact, isn't that the whole rapture thing? Is that only the chosen ones get to go up to heaven? So why am I worried about God's going to choose Indonesia over me? What the hell? But slutty girl, she's looking like very disturbed by this. Th these messages are finally hitting home. Like she's a slut and her sluttiness is adding up 
to America not being able to be saved. Which is a good way to look at it, you know? Don't do it for your own salvation. Do it for your country. Slutty girl is thinking back to this time that her mom told her to, you know, accept Jesus into her heart. But she just said, oh, I don't have the time right now. And now slutty girl realizes that was wrong. And the preacher tells us, the only way for us to be saved, the only way for God to protect us, we have to all go back to church. And not just on Sunday morning, but Sunday night. And more often. You can't go just when you want to. You have to go when you don't want to. And don't spend all your time watching TV or reading magazines. Spend all your time reading the Bible. Which, you know, this whole system seems kind of familiar. A belief system where you have to focus all your energies on doing what the belief system says day and night, 100%, or you will be punished by not being saved or killed. Yeah, the communists. Basically, you're doing the same thing the communists are doing, except for a whole different way. So, Christianity is communism. It checks out. I'm not going to think about it, so let's go with it. And the preacher tells us that we need preachers that can really, truly deliver the voice of God, the word of God, in a very forceful way, because... I mean, I guess that's part of the problem, too, is we just got all these weak-ass preachers that are kind of like, eh, whatever, worship God, I don't care. No, we need the strong, like, you worship God or go to hell type of preachers. Um, personally, I, I think we need to explore this whole candy angle a little more. Or maybe not, because maybe the preachers are kind of like, hey, altar boy, you want some candy? Some candy in my pants. Sick, sick fucks. But still, I mean, let's give it a try. Um, I might convert to Christianity for the candy. You know, let, let's let uh, give that a try. Um, and now I'm thinking about, like, this school play when I was a kid. And this one guy is about to get beat up by bullies. Um well, a kid, and he tells his bullies, like, oh, you know, just come to this church thing, and they have lots of candy and treats and stuff, and they're weary, because, you know, it's a church thing, but they go, and there is some rice pudding, so the kids think, well, let's stick around and check this out, and I think they convert to Christianity, so there's a good point here, the communists were right, you use candy to get these kids hooked. Um, but we also must do our part to renounce our wicked ways. Wicked as the slutty girl is thinking back on her life and the time that her mom had a heart attack and then died. And the doctor doesn't say so. But we all know it was her slutty's, slutty ways. I think her name is Jane. Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> I don't know if, now I'm wondering, is her name actually Jane, or did my mind just conjure up and make the association that Jane and Slut, because of the old Saturday Night Live skit. Um, but yeah, she's slutty, and it killed her mom, 
And as she's thinking back upon this in church, and I shit you not, she's fucking licking her lips seductively. So I don't know. Maybe she's like, oh yeah, my mom's deaf turns me on. Oh, fuck yeah. Which, I'm not going to kink shame. If your mom's deaf, is your turn on. If that's your fetish. That's what you need to think about to get off. Um, more power to you, I guess. So the preacher tells us a story. He's got one final story. That happened in another country, but could very well happen here. Our, it's the church. Everyone's being let out. And our good old fake bad Russian accent communist comes by. And he asks, you know, has anyone accepted Jesus as their savior? Or... However he put it, like, has anyone been rebirthed? <laughs> Not even reborn, because this guy doesn't know English. He's a fake Russian, after all. So he asks if anyone's been rebirthed. And the preacher points out a couple that have accepted Jesus into their heart this day. And the communists are like, okay, well, we have a congratulations present for them. And that present is to lay them down and pour grape jam all over them. And do the same for the rest of the congregation. They're all laying down with grape jam poured on them because they're sort of dead now. I mean, I think they're supposed to be dead dead, but I don't know. Can people die from grape jam? That is the true question this film poses. But then this little kid comes out. And he's the son of the couple. I imagine of that particular couple, but... I mean, considering the entire congregation just got killed, <clears throat> could have been any of them, and he's very mad at the communist. And the communist tells him, like, you know, has he has a choice. He can either, you know, surrender, because he's now a ward of the state, apparently. The state's going to take care of him, better than his parents could. But he has a choice. Does he renounce God by stomping all over a picture of Jesus? Like, yeah, they took a picture of Jesus out of the church, and the communist demonstrates how to stomp on it. Like, so the kid has to do that, or he dies. I don't know. I why didn't they go with the candy route this time again? Like, yeah, kid, your parents are dead, but we're gonna take care of you, and we're gonna give you candy. I mean, isn't that like the cunning, subtle ways that the communists supposedly use candy from Fidel Castro? Or maybe this is before they discovered the candy route. But the kid, he can't do it. And he looks up to the sky and says, Jesus, you died for me. Now I'm going to die for you. And the communist takes fucking huge machete and chops the kid's head off. Like, wow. We, we got a beheading in this film. And it's a little kid. A little kid got beheaded. This is serious shit. This is what happens if you let the communists take over, is that they're going to fucking chop the heads off our kids. And, you know, just the image of this was enough to scare Slutty Girl, and she screams in church, Ah! No, don't let them chop off our kids' heads. Um, well, I'm adding that extra dialogue. She just yelled, Ah! But seriously, that's kind of fucked up. They chopped the kid's head off. It went rolling. <laughs> like... It wasn't even like, uh, 
you know, simulated, or I mean, obviously simulated, they didn't really chop the kid's head off, but I mean, it wasn't like off camera or anything. We see machete flies, and then we see the head rolling down the hill or whatever, and it is fantastic. I, I normally am not a fan of kids getting their heads chopped off, but when it's as bad and fake looking as it is here, it is fantastic. And the preacher tells Slutty Girl, that was scary, wasn't it? But imagine if it wasn't the boy, but instead you. And if you weren't ready to take Jesus and meet Jesus upon death, you'd be sent to hell. And the tortures of communism do not compare to the tortures you will go in hell. Because I imagine probably in hell they don't give you candy. At least the communists give you candy. I'm sorry, I am not going to let up on this candy thing. Because I'm kind of hungry. And I've got a sweet tooth. And I want candy. I want candy, damn it! And I don't care who gives it to me. Communist, fascist, Republicans, Jehovah's Witnesses. Offer me candy right now. So, and then slutty girl starts thinking about how... You know, her mom's dead, and her mom's speaking to her from beyond the grave, and all mom wanted was for her to accept Jesus, and, you know, I'm starting to think that maybe this whole, like, sermon was just all a plot to get slutty girl to renounce her ways and go to Jesus. Like, I feel like everything was directed completely towards her, and she comes up to the altar and prays with uh, the preacher, and probably, like, one of the best fucking things in this film is that right behind her, there's this old lady who's fallen asleep. <laughs> like, they, the best thing is, like, when things like that happen, when there's, like, really, like, horrendous, like, part or some, like, really horrendous, like, performance, you have to realize... That that was the best fucking take that they got. So either they didn't do another take, or they just could not wake this woman up. But she is fucking sleepy. And it is great. And then there's some kids that just are obviously bored, but they're not as amusing as the lady that's asleep. Oh my god, you are not a good preacher. You put this lady to sleep with a camera right on her, too. This is just fucking fantastic. Oh my god, this, this film, you know, sometimes films are worth it for just one, like, tiny detail, and I, that's a complete lie. <laughs> these terrible films are never worth it for just one complete tiny detail, but these details just make everything better, and just, you gotta take the moments in life that just make you laugh. Like this lady fucking falling asleep on camera. <laughs> <laughs> then there's some singing by the choir and the preacher he's talking directly to us and he tells us that you know if we have a need to find jesus or even if we just want more information we can write to him and then he just gives us the city that we can write like just write to me blah 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 my name in New Mexico or Alabama. I don't know. I've already forgotten where it is, but 
you know, no street address or P.O. box or anything. Just, yeah, just write to me. They know who I am. The entire city knows who I am. In fact, you didn't even give a zip code. So, I don't know. Maybe back then it was different and you didn't know, need zip codes because the post office was just that damn good. But, I mean, nowadays, like, don't they just go strictly, like, they sort by the zip code and that's how they figure out. And if you don't have a zip code, they just send the letter back to your ass and be like, yeah, we need a fucking zip code here. So, you can write to this preacher. But in care of this city. So, I don't know. But then he implores us to please come. He says, won't you come? But he says it in such a breathy voice like, won't you come? Won't you come? And I got full on job. I am going to come for you, preacher. I am going to come hard and come plenty and come on some candy if anyone ever fucking brings me the candy. Um, but apparently there's a little bonus film, too, here. I don't know if this, like, played with it or so whoever put it on YouTube decided, well, the, the makers of that film made a small other film. We'll put that up, too. But this one's called The Burning Hell. So, I don't know, maybe it's a sequel to The Footmen. So we got a boring little sermon, and then it just kind of cuts off. So, I don't know. Person who uploaded this to YouTube, if you're out there listening to me, why didn't you cut off at the end of the Footmen movie? Why do you give us this little tease of burning hell that I'm not going to bother to... Was it a teaser? Because I'm not going to go and look for the rest of burning hell. I just don't give a fuck. It's just annoying when, like... If you have, like, a little bit that cuts off... I mean, I... I can understand if you had, like, maybe 70-80% of the movie and it cut off and there's nothing to do about it. Well, at least I got 70. Get, like, a minute and a half of a film and it cuts off. Then why not just cut off before it starts? Whatever. I don't know if Footmen tired me, but that film certainly tired me. So I'm scared of what the horses are going to do to me. I don't know. All I know is that out there, out there, someone is going to tempt me with candy. And I can't find them quick enough. Tune in next week. Maybe. If I haven't decided to go on hiatus yet. Um, which I probably won't, because there's still a couple other films I do want to try to get to. So, until then, velvetal at hotmail.com. Please, all I ever get is, like, spam email, um, which, I don't know if I can grow my penis any bigger. I don't know if I want to. Please stop sending me that, spammer. Um, but yeah, velvetowl at hotmail.com, if you have any comments or want to suggest a film, or if you're watching this on YouTube, which it seems more people watch it on YouTube instead of on anchor.fm, where I actually get money for every listener a penny but you know a penny save is a penny earned so i'm fucking rich or something right ben franklin you know i've got like 54 cents earned which is probably more than franklin had in his time of course in his time 53 cents 
was probably, you know, the equivalent to $2 million today. So I am rich for colonial times. So shoot me an email or if you're on YouTube, leave a comment. And yeah. Boy, I swear one of these days I'm going to figure out a good way to kind of bring these things to a close.